this may not mean that much to you people who live outside of the state of Texas but I heard the news today that three weeks before Thanksgiving the city of Plano in North Texas will have its own super H-E-B. Now, as I said, for those of you who don't live in Texas, that may not mean anything to you. But uh, H-E-B is one of the greatest supermarkets in America. And they literally have fans. In fact, the first day which I believe is going to be November the 3rd, uh, it's going to take you an hour to get in or more. People are going to line up at the door. It's not just sustenance. It is a, it's an experience. For those of you who used to be foodies like me, so I'm happy for you, that's all. I'm happy for you. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And uh, to the standing between the living and the dead. Prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic service, family members, my beloved. Okay, right here. You need to do something about that. That's good. All I had to do was point at it. That's fine. Uh, dear friends, this is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House daily reading of the Chronological Bible. Episode number 651, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this uh, unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures, allows us to read the Holy Bible that's good, as a single true non-fiction story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history, the present and the future. 
Today, my beloved, we're reading 1 Kings, having just come out of the exciting book, Song of Solomon, uh, the Song of Solomon Banquet, Love Banquet, very unique book, but very apropos uh, for today because married people ought to do what marry married people ought to be doing. Do you know that really your first commandment from God was to be fruitful and replenish the earth? And of course that means through sex. And we got people who are married and who don't obey God in that commandment. That's a commandment. That's not a suggestion. <clears throat> and a commandment with a lot of fun attached. God is a good God. And by the way, you ought to understand that God is a good God uh, because he created sex for us. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. First Kings chapter 1, verses 1 through 10, that's for married people, a male and a female. A woman is the most beautiful creature on earth, but a man and a woman together is even more beautiful than that. So get with the program, young people, get married. Stop trying to stir up stuff in your family and and, and, and keeping mess up and being mad at each other and not speaking. Go ahead and get your own family. <clears throat> and by the way, don't say anything about your family. Don't say anything negative about your family that you were raised in until you get married. And we, we'll, we'll see what you got to say then. 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. <clears throat> Shall we pray? <clears throat> Pardon me. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. I left my You can go ahead on and pray without me. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on something.
Holy Father God in heaven, I pray, Lord, tonight, on this Monday night, Lord, I know football is going on, and uh, Lord, as you know, I have enjoyed football down through the years. <coughs> playing it as well as watching it but Lord you have done something in my heart where I'm just not attracted to the things of this world anymore and I thank you for that breaking and making and molding and Holy Father God hallowed be your name Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And uh, Lord, I praise you and I thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercy toward such wretched people as we are. I praise you and I thank you for your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, <coughs> your Holy Spirit, and your Holy Word. And for all of the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have indeed bestowed upon us. And Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the millions, the many, and the manifold blessings. I thank you, Lord, for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, <coughs> mental and physical protection and provision blessings that you have bestowed upon my family every day of our lives. Now, Lord, help us not to get the big head and help us to understand and remember that we all should be dead and gone and in hell. And so, Holy Father God, help us to be humble, grateful, and thankful. And I praise you and I thank you, Lord, for putting in our, for those of us who are saved and born again, putting in our minds and in our spirits the ability to be humble. <coughs> to gain wisdom, to have insight, to receive revelations, to understand and to, to comprehend your holy word and to do what we uh, naturally, we cannot do. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would have continued mercy and grace, Lord, upon us. For those of us who are saved in my family, in this audience, in this country, and around the globe, for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us, Lord, of our sins, our faults, and our failures, as we from our hearts, <coughs> by your grace, forgive those who have sinned against us. Crush and crucify, Lord, our flesh and the old man within us. 
and afresh and anew tonight, fill us, Lord, with the fullness and the power, the unction and the anointing, the fruit and the liberty, Lord, of your Holy Spirit. Put a God in our hearts, our minds, our tongues, our attitudes, our temperaments, that we would not sin against you. Deliver us, Lord, tonight from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us, Lord, your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit <clears throat> to love right, to live right, to think right, and to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And then, Lord, help all of us tonight, and I thank you, Lord, for the great joy that I have being able to pray to you. I cannot even begin to explain it. I also praise you and I thank you tonight for the precious memories of the miracles and answers to prayer, the trials, the tribulations, the troubles, the tensions, uh, and the tests, uh, and all of the difficulties that you brought us through. And uh, thank you for that strange ability to rejoice in all of those negative things, even to this day. Lord, that is uniquely set aside for people who are born again and saved. Thank you, Lord, for your holy word that uh, says... uh, In this world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What what a word. Revolutionary. Nobody had ever heard of anything like that before. People cursed tribulation and, and the blessed good times. But Lord, you, you told us as your people, we will have tribulation and still have good times. And so and then your servant Paul confirmed it. I mean, uh, not confirmed it. He didn't have to confirm it, but he, he said the same thing in another way, by the power of your Holy Ghost. <coughs> that we will have thorns in the flesh in our lives and still have joy and peace and rejoice in the thorns in the flesh. Now, Lord, you know that's something else. <coughs> And so I praise you and I thank you for that. Now, Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of my wife, Marika White, uh, who I believe is religious but lost. She's here with me tonight. I've already talked with her about this down through the years, and I've talked with her about it today. And I pray that she will humble herself lay down and lay aside her pharaohistic pride and her Jamaican pride and uh, humble herself and admit that she has never been saved. She has a life of a negative of a negative testimony that speaks to that. 
So open her blinded eyes and stop her deaf ears and help her to do this on her own. Uh, I thank you for the privilege to, uh, first of all, I thank you for showing me this many, many years ago. And I thank you for giving me the grace and the privilege to pray for her privately for many years. And now, Lord, the liberty to pray for her openly. For I would rather for her to suffer a little humiliation in light of the fact that you suffered a lot for her uh, in this life. Uh, she would love for me to keep all of this secret. Uh, but open rebuke is better than secret love, especially when it comes down to our salvation. My wife is lost. And Lord, uh, uh, I pray that, but she's religious. She is serving right now. Open her blinded eyes and stop her deaf ears. And Lord, save her soul. I know that her family cannot stand for me to pray like this because they're religious and lost as well. And uh, there's still some sweet evangelicals uh, who are still filled with pride and arrogancy, uh, being hypocrites, phonies, Sadducees, and Pharisees themselves who would rather save face and go to hell than to tell the truth and shame the devil, who don't like this kind of thing. And so, Holy Father God, I pray for their salvation as well. I pray for the salvation of the lost in this audience, even those who are religious but lost. My entire family on both sides. And I pray uh, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that your Holy Spirit would not give them rest until until they come to know you as Savior. Use this right here. And Holy Father God, I do continue in prayer. Lord, I pray for the salvation of the lost, even the religious and lost in this country. Right here. No, no. Just put, put fold up a, one of those put underneath that noise. Holy Father God, thank you for that idea. And Holy Father God, I do pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of the lost in this country and around the globe. I pray for the revival of the saved in this country and around the globe. I pray, Lord, for uh, those who are sick, Lord, heal those of us who are saved if we come to you right confessing our sins not being spotted by the world and uh, uh, repenting of our sins Lord help us not to just be hearers of your word but doers of your word and help us not to be good confessors but not good repenters God in heaven I know 
that you want us to repent. And then, so Lord, help us to approach you right. Help us to come to your throne of grace right. And <clears throat> Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I pray for all of the millions of people who are hurting tonight. The news media does not tell the truth, sad to say. They sanitize the news and clean up the news per what governments tell them to do or permit them to do, including in America. Uh, there's no real free speech in America. Uh, the government controls it here just like in other places. Uh, thousands of people have died that we don't know anything about. But Lord, you know about them. Comfort these people as only you can. Draw these people to yourself for salvation. And uh, Lord, be with all of these people because Lord, the truth is, Lord, we can't even bear these burdens. We can't even bear, Lord, uh, all of these deaths and tragedies and uh, sad events. Number one, and 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 we can't even, we can't begin to comfort all of these people. And so, Holy Father God, no wonder we need you. We need you to hear our prayers because you can touch a billion people at one time. We can't. No matter how many planes we have, no matter how much fuel we have, we can't do it. We don't have the capacity and we don't have uh, the kind of love you have for us and the compassion you have. So we call on you, I call on you, and I thank you for the privilege. And I pray that you would touch billions tonight who are hurting, crying, some out in the elements, dying. Lord, I pray that you will continue to be with them and lead them and guide them and direct us and direct them and direct us to do. Lord, uh, what you want us to do and uh, thank you Lord tonight that I have been in touch with our uh, with my children who handle the giving to give to uh, the ministry and the work and and uh, even other ministries uh, so that they can do their work and Lord, bless it and use it and multiply it for your glory, your praise, and your honor. Save souls through it. Change and transform lives by it. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would grant me your energy, strength, grace, unction, and anointing and the power of your Holy Spirit to read your Holy Word, to pray to teach your holy word, to preach your holy word, and to preach your holy gospel. And uh, Holy Father God, I pray 
that you will lift all of our burdens and cares and worries and anxieties and troubles and problems and fears from our hearts and our minds, our souls and our spirits tonight. Fill us with your peace that passes all understanding and your joy unspeakable, your holy serenity and tranquility of mind and heart. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would deliver us only, Lord, if uh, you're not using these things in our lives as thorns in the flesh and for our good and for our good. Deliver us, Holy Father God, from all of our uh, distresses and afflictions, uh, our tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, intentions. Protect us, Lord, and deliver us from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family, financial, legal, student loan debt, student loan problems, student progress problems and troubles and difficulties. All that you want to deliver us from, all that, Lord, we are prepared to be delivered from, uh, we pray that you do that. Have everything to remain that you want to remain in our lives, to press us, to break us, to make us, to mold us, and help us to rejoice in it. And Lord God in heaven, I thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are, because they should, they could be worse and should be worse, because we have not been good to you. And uh, thank you for remembering mercy in the midst of chastisement and rebuke and punishment, and help the world know that they are on borrowed time. There's just no doubt about it. That includes the church and the, especially the Pharisees and Sadducees and the Laodicean church members. Uh, they're on borrowed time. Uh, help them to somehow see that things are not like they used to be and things can change dramatically. Uh, while everybody is doing exactly what you said, people are moving about, building and marrying and getting in marriage, get, uh, giving in marriage, and uh, some are divorcing, and people, people are moving, uh, moving on and about with their lives, not and having a tendency to to not remember you, and not to understand that things are going to come to a halt and uh, bad things are lined up in the future as you have allowed those things to happen but we have a strange ability to try to block it out of our lives and act like everything is all right when everything is not all right so lord help your people to pray without ceasing help people who don't belong to you who are not saved to get their eternal life insurance policy by believing in you, Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for them, was buried and rose from the dead. And Lord, I do pray tonight that you would bless and protect my family as you have down through the years. From ourselves, our flesh, and the devil, and from the demons of hell, and from evil people in the family, evil people in the church, and evil people in the world. And I pray the same for all of the families in this audience, all of the individuals in this audience, and all of the 
people, uh, Lord, who are saved in this country and around the globe. I pray for the salvation of the lost so that they can receive your protection. Surround us with your protection, a band of your holy angels and a wall of your holy fire. Cover us and cleanse us through the blood of Christ and make us, Lord, to be whiter than snow on the inside. And have all that we do tonight be done for your glory, praise, and honor. And have all that we do tonight be done for the lifting up in the glory, praise, and honor of your holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior and soon coming King. In his name, in Jesus Christ's name, we pray and for his sake. Amen. tried to tell you that having a cup of green tea is a good thing. It's a good thing. It's not as powerful as coffee, but uh, it's different. And it's, it's, I think it's better than coffee. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great pleasure to read in your hearing, thus saith the Lord, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. And I really mean everything I'm saying here, especially the part that this, this is the Word of God. Now, if you would read it, it would change your life. If you would obey it, it would change your life. And tonight, I believe that we're at 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. I thought we were going to go back to Proverbs, because I, I don't think we finished it. But we'll, uh, I'm going to leave that up to uh, my daughter, Danielle. Now, King David was old and stricken in years, and they covered him with uh, cloths or clothes, 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 but he got no heat, wherefore his servant said unto him, Let there be sought for my lord the king a young virgin, and let her stand before the king, and let her cherish him, and let her lie in thy bosom, that my lord the king may get heat. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to do this. Because these people 
are people after my own heart. Anyway, so they sought for a fair damsel. It's in the Bible, people. Leave me alone. Throughout all the coasts of Israel and found Abishag, a Shunammite, and brought her to the king. And the damsel was very fair and cherished the king and ministered to him, but the king knew her not. Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king. And he prepared him chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. And his father had not And his father had not displeased him at any time in saying, Why hast thou done so? And he also was a very goodly man. And his mother bare him after Absalom. And he conferred with Joab the son of Zeruiah and with Abiathar the priest. And they, following Adonijah, helped him. But Zadok the priest and Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, and Shimei and Rei, and the mighty men which belonged to David, were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah slew sheep, and oxen, and fat cattle, cattle rather, fat cattle, by the stone of Zoheleth, which is by Enrogel, and called all his brethren the king's sons, and all the men of Judah the king's servants. But Nathan the prophet and Benaiah and the mighty men and Solomon his brother he called not. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you so much tonight for your holy word. Have it to do in our hearts, minds, souls, spirits, and lives, even our bodies, what it does. I can't even put my finger on it. I can't, I can't even begin to explain it. But Lord, help us to understand it and apply it to our lives, to share it with others, to preach it to others, to teach it to others, to preach your holy gospel from it, from every point in the Bible. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen.
Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And to the standing between the living and the dead, family members, service family members, my beloved. This is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast episode number 1011. 1011. where I simply read the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary commentary source, such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary or the Matthew Henry Commentary or some other reputable commentary or Bible uh, or study Bible. Dear friends, this podcast is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 8, where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer, and it is a very humble prayer, and I have to speak the truth and tell the truth, and I'm glad that there are people praying for an awakening and praying for revival and all of that. Um, and I hope that happens, but some thousands of my uh, evangelical brethren and sistren, uh, they, they, they're, they're lining up meetings to have, to pray for an awakening and revival, but I doubt, I doubt if it's sincere for, for many of them. What they want, what they're praying for is the right candidates to win in their minds. They want a political revival, a political awakening. And uh, allow me to say here to you people that to think for yourselves, keep your focus on God truly and not get caught up in the politics of it all. And if you're going to pray for revival, if you're, going, if you're going to pray for an awakening, pray for that from God. Uh, the church has never won any political battles. And you must understand, this is not, a democracy is not uh, a system that comes from God. He allows it. So... Whoever gets into office, it could be very faulty because we are very faulty. 
okay? Uh, we're sinners, and so all we're doing is sinning and voting in sinners and, and, and who are liars, and they talk out the both sides of their mouth. And some of you people love politicians more than you love Jesus. That's a fact because you don't pass out any literature for Jesus, but you're passing out for a politician, a lying politician. That's not an awakening. That's not revival. God does not have anything to do with that, really. <clears throat> and, you know, I mean, he can if he chooses to. But uh, uh, this is a democracy, and the uh, thing that people uh, fight for and argue for called freedom Freedom is freedom only when it is uh, practiced in the boundaries of God's parameters. That's true freedom. See, true freedom and true joy and happiness and pleasure is in the boundaries of marriage. For a, man, for, for a man and a woman, not throuples and uh, having sex outside of marriage and committing adultery. That's bondage and guilt. And so be very careful that you don't get caught up in a worldly thing. Uh, and besides all of that, if the church had done what it was supposed to do in America, that, 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 that would have been of great benefit if the church had done what she was supposed to do. Love everybody, witness to everybody, tell everybody about Jesus. We would be the majority, and we wouldn't have to deal with this demonic, satanic horror show that's going on today with this the abomination of homosexuality, homosexual marriage, which uh, continues to breed demonically into transgenderism and now and, and, and drag queens teaching your children in the library and in school. They are raping your children's minds. And you, and you got your children, your little toddlers, going up to a monstrous looking drag queen giving them tips giving God's money to these devils it's, Halloween is not going to be a big thing this year because it's been Halloween for the past two years all year round and some of you uh, mothers and fathers are going to let your children your daughter your son rather dress up as a drag queen and your daughter dress up as a man I know you don't like it, but I'm telling you the truth. And you ought to be ashamed of yourselves. So it is my prayer, my humble prayer. And the church is going to be smack dab in the middle of it. That the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ who said 
and, and, and get saved from the wrath of God and saved from hell. Now there's another side of God that you really have not. You won't, you've only experienced it a little bit. God is loving. But God demands justice. Uh, and uh, God, God is holy. And if you do not take advantage of believing in His Son, Jesus Christ, you're going to experience the other side of God, which is very, very uh, painful. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of Almighty God in this life and in the life to come. You must understand this is a matter of fact. It's not going to be an emotional decision later on. You're going to make the decision on this earth. Jesus Christ said the most important thing in the history of the world to mankind and then he did the most important thing in the history of the world for mankind. When he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, humiliated before the world. You say, I don't want to humiliate myself and let people know that I, I, I have not been saved. Well, you're already humiliated for not telling the truth living a false life, being a hypocrite. You're just like the hypocrites that Jesus talked about when he was here. You're whited sepulchers. You look beautiful on the outside, but you're dead men's bones on the inside. You are a Pharisee and Sadducee. You are a phony and you are a fake. You're religious. You look great on the outside doing religious things, but on the inside you know that you are a wolf in sheep's clothing. Full of hell and the devil and full of hatred against God, against his word, against the preaching, against the church services as well. And you don't have to be that way, but you choose to be that way. You want to be that way. See, you like stealing, you, and you don't want to give it up. You like uh, lying, and you don't want to give it up. You're one of those that God, that Jesus Christ said, you love darkness rather than light. The Bible says we are all sinners. We all have done evil in God's sight. We have broken God's laws. For the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, the wages of our sin is death. That is a punishment that is not a part of life, as some philosophers say. Don't believe everything you hear. That is a punishment. The Bible says the wages, the payment, 
the punishment for sin is death. Hundreds, thousands have died today. Many never even thought they were going to die. And you're going to die. And you're going to die because of your sins. And I'm going to die because of my sins. The Pope is going to die because of his sins. The Dalai Lama is going to die because of his sins. Even Joel Osteen is going to die because of his sins. The wages of sin is death, my friend. And death is a frightening thing. Don't fool yourself. Do not think it's not. Don't try to talk your way out of it, uh, of this fear, this angst that you have about death that will take you out of here and you, uh, won't, you don't even know when. I heard a sad story today about a great high school football coach. We share the last name, White, but he's white, I'm black. And uh, a good man, a good family man, beautiful wife and children, little children too. One of those rare men with the, the young people just love and respect at the high school, and not only that, the adults do too. A good, hard-working, hard-driving man. I saw his picture, this unique cancer that took over his body. After it got through with him, I couldn't even recognize him. He had a birthday and then he died. He had a birthday one day, and he died the next day. He almost died on his birthday. He held on till after his birthday, but he died. It didn't matter to uh, the Grim Reaper that he had two beautiful cherubic cherubic children that looked like angels. It didn't matter that he had a young wife. It didn't matter that the whole school loved him and came together for his birthday party. It didn't matter that he had a decent job and getting paid decent money to take care of his family. It didn't matter that his children would never see him again. It's not going to matter for you either. Or for me, when it's time to go, in death you're going to go. And what God wants you to understand, my dear friend, to take his word seriously. And understand that if God will say to you the wages of sin is death, and he has, and he allows you to die because of your sins, and he will, The same God will allow you to go to hell and burn in hell and be tormented in hell forever if you do not believe in his son, Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins. It matters not your religion, what title you call yourself, what you did in the church, no matter how many times you shout it, 
It doesn't matter whether or not you were a church member or a bishop or a pastor. It does not matter how good you can sing in the church and how that you can bring the house down. It does not matter how much money you have and how much money you gave to the church. My dear friend, you're going to die. And if you don't truly believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as your Savior, before you die, you're going to die and go straight to hell. For Jesus Christ preached more on hell than anybody in the Bible, more than the prophets, more than the apostles, and more than the pastors of today. Many of the, most of the pastors of the day, they don't care for your soul. Only Jesus does. They care about how much money you can put in the offering plate. They care about your showing up so that they can have high numbers. They don't care for you. That's why they don't preach the gospel. That's why they don't tell you and warn you about hell. I almost died and went to hell and didn't even know I was going to hell. I never took hell seriously when I was growing up. We cursed with the word hell. We, we would tell people to go to hell and all kinds of foolishness like that. I foolishly and stupidly said one day while coming home on the school bus, trying to impress my friends, I'm going to drive the bus to hell. The devil is a lie. But thank God, God waited on me and God has sent someone by to tell me what I'm telling you. And I got saved by the grace of God out of religion, out of the church. Two preachers in the family, lost and on my way to hell and I didn't even know it. And I believe there are people who are in the church tonight they're on their way to hell and they didn't they don't even know there's a hell and you may be that way so dear friend get saved tonight believe in the Lord Jesus Christ believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died for your sins was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. He died for your sins. He paid for your sins, your sin debt. So truly believe in him. And the Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So as you believe in your heart, that ought to move your mouth, your mouth to call on him and ask him to save you. Follow me in prayer. Just like Michael Lewis, 43 plus years ago, uh, led me in prayer, uh, the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart, loud and clear. Don't be ashamed of receiving Jesus Christ as your Savior. He was not ashamed to die for your sins before the whole world. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I know that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight repeatedly. I have indeed, as the preacher brought out, I have broken your Ten Commandments. For Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul. 
please forgive me of all of my sins, my failures and my faults. As I now believe with all of my heart in your Holy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day by your power. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I receive you into my heart. Please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of all of my sins. Help me to turn from all of my evil ways and help me to change and follow you in the newness of life. Every day of my life, no matter what happens, in Jesus Christ's name I pray and forsake, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, for he has the power to save, and you called on his name and asked him to save you, then based upon the Word of God, the Holy Bible, my dear friend, you are now saved. And may I say congratulations to you for doing the most important thing in life. Now, and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Now, dear friend, to help you grow in the faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com and uh, click on my book titled uh, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said, I am the door. And you just entered in by believing in him and calling on his name. And uh, this little book will give you the next steps that you should take to become an established, strong Christian disciple. There is another book beside it titled uh, How to Get Saved from Hell Straight from the Bible. If you read that book first, that will solidify and strengthen what you just heard and what you just did. Also, email us at the email that is on your platform. That would be the easiest. Let us know that you got saved. And uh, we will begin to pray for you. If you have a prayer request, send that in. And we will pray for you more specifically. Also, uh, we have more material that we can send you. Also, my dear friends, we have something that we call Gospel Light Society University, where you can go and listen to hours upon hours, thousands of hours of podcasts that teach you everything you need to know about serving God and following God. It is a university education. It is a uh, seminary 
Bible College, Divinity School, education, all in one, especially designed for young Christians. And that is at Gospel Light Society Podcasts, I believe, dot com or something like that. Just type in Gospel Light Society Podcasts or Daniel White the Third using Roman numerals podcasts and it'll all come up. And that'll help you a lot as well. You can go to bed listening to the Word of God. You can wake up listening to the Word of God. And I'm I'm here by the grace of God each and every day. Have been for nearly seven years, nearly every day. Uh, and so I'll be here with you live. We have people who stay up to 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, 24 hours a day, every day of the week. Uh, they're ready to receive your emails and uh, answer your questions and, and to pray for you. So, dear friends, God bless you. And at this time, we're going to resume the standing between the living and the dead service already in progress. And for those of you who just got saved, uh, this will be your first Bible study. Today, beloved, we're reading... Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. Uh, dear friends, I just read in your hearing Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Now, here is the sense of it. With the help of the Holy Ghost of God, that's what my great-great-grandmother he used to call the Holy Spirit the Holy Ghost, Mother Bree Love, Mother Breed Love. Back in those days, they back where I come from, they used the word Holy Ghost all the time. It's in the Bible. Nothing wrong with it, but for little children, it kind of spooked us. What? She was hit with the Holy. What? Wow. And another thing that my great-great-grandmother uh, breed love, and then my mother, Beeman. You see, back in those days, you call your grandmother by her last name. Yes, sir. You, mm, yeah. You might get a backhand if you try to call them by their first name, Ella, or something like that. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> they will look at you like you were crazy. Then you will come back right and say what you know you need to say. But another thing they would, they would talk about back in the day. You say, Preacher, how do you know? Because I heard them. 
yeah, you see that woman there right there? I came in the church today. Uh, that, that, that woman that has not been in church in a while. She she has a she has a lying demon. Or uh, somebody had a whorish demon. Everybody had a demon. Uh, uh, she has an eating demon. Look how fat she is. That's that's what they would that's what they would say. That's what they would say back in the day. Anyway, uh, we're going to come from the Matthew Henry commentary some tonight. Those who live at the greatest distance from the means of grace often use most diligence and learn to know the most of Christ and his salvation. And that is so true. These wise men came from a long way. Uh, and it's often the case. You know, you know who are the most spiritual people today? People in the third world, so-called. Not the Americans who used to be the greatest. England, England and America used to go out all over the world and preach the gospel, thank God. Now we got people from the third world coming to evangelize us. They're concerned about us. And oftentimes know more about the grace of God than we do in America and in England. And because and, many, many people in the church in America and in England have forsaken God. Now I've been to Europe. I've been to England many times. And let me tell you, it's, it's a whole lot of deadness going on. And that's how America, that's, the, that's the, the direction America is going. In fact, when you go to England, if you go on the right tours, they will take you to a bunch of not only dead churches, but church buildings that are in you, the ruins of churches. I mean, that, I mean hundreds of them. Of ruined, I mean, churches that are in ruins. No walls, but you see, you know, some of the stuff still standing up. I mean, that's a part of your tour to go see dead churches. And that's a shame before God. But no curious arts or mere human learning can direct men unto him. Only God, the Holy Ghost of God, can do that. We must learn of Christ by attending to the Word of God as a light that shineth in a dark place and by seeking the teaching of the Holy Spirit. And those in whose hearts the day star is risen. To give them anything of the knowledge of Christ. Make it their business to worship him. Though Herod was very old and never had shown affection for his family. And was not himself likely to live till a newborn infant had grown up to manhood. He began to be troubled with the dread of a rival. Because, see, this was real. 
when those wise men came this was real see this is real and so that's why I have urged people to take uh, even today uh, if you will royalty and kingships and queenships and all of that seriously because that's how God rules through a king and they knew that a king was born he's king right now so this was a serious threat to the ruling king at that time right now King Charles uh, most people are not interested in it he's interested in it he got he, he as far as I'm concerned he has some other things he need to be dealing with but right now King Charles the third who I do not think he ought to be on the throne because he's divorced and remarried and certainly not the head of the church but anyway, he's investigating something about a, how that a person who wanted to be king killed two young men who were in line to be kings. Because even as a boy, you can be the king. It's because it's based upon lineage. You might have to have somebody to guide you and teach you and all of that, but you're the king. He understood not the spiritual nature of the Messiah's kingdom. Let us beware of a dead faith. A man may be persuaded of many truths and yet may hate them. Do you know people like that? They, they, they believe, but they really don't believe. They believe it. They, they really do believe it, but they hate them. Because they interfere with his wicked ambitions or sinful indulgences. See, that's, that's why people hate God. That's why they hate Jesus Christ. That's why they hate the Word of God. That's why they hate a man like me. I have family members who hate me because I preach the gospel every day. You would think that they would love me. No, they, they, they can't stand it. They mock it. They mock the fact that I preach the gospel every day and that I preach the word every day. And I reminded, and, and some, uh, some are in my wife's family, some are in my family, my, on my side of the fence. And I reminded my wife today, now I, 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 I reminded her today, she will never say this. And she's here right here with me tonight. She would never say this. She would never admit this. But my wife, Marika White, has hated most of the services that I have ever preached in. And she, she will never admit that in her life. But her behavior, and especially her behavior before the services, to try to hinder the services, which is another indicator, has been another indicator to me that my wife has never been saved. You say, well, preacher, how can your wife not be saved under all of this preaching 
is nothing but pride. Pharaohistic pride and Jamaican pride combined together is deadly. And and almost 96% uh, almost to hell. That's how bad it is. See, this is the reason why God hates pride. He can't help you. God is trying to open your hand and give you a $100 bill, but you, you're afraid that he's going to take the nickel that you hold it on so tight because you're so proud and arrogant. And uh, God does not want your nickel. He's getting ready to give you a $100 bill if you open your hands up and stop resisting. See? Whatever the case, the Word of God is going to put a damper, a wet blanket on your desire to sin and do evil and do wrong. Whether it's preached, or whether you read it, or whatever. And that's why you hate it. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to get around the flames of it. And you hate people who emphasize the Word. See, the reason why I pray and read the Bible and, and, and preach the Word all of the time is because I believe that that's where the power is. That's what you need. And like I told you before, uh, I'm not going to give you what you want because that's not going to amount to anything. There are many false pastors and preachers out here who will give you what you want and do trunk or treat I'm getting ready to say some mess and little bake sales and stuff and all of that and and tickle your ear and every church ought to stop this trunk or treat demonic foolishness from hell and have a hell house on Halloween night advertise it I guarantee you you have a good number there and then you pastor proclaim the gospel and once you take them, and some of y'all have beautiful buildings, you turn it into hell and what hell is like. Or a portion of your education, but we turn our education building into hell. And it scared the daylights out of people as they walked through. And when they came through, they saw the light. They heard the gospel and they got saved. We called it Holy Ween. But see, you know... Uh, uh, we don't have the same calling. I understand that. But I have never conceded to the devil Halloween. Many churches have conceded to the devil Halloween. And so they go and have maybe a little pumpkin pie fest or some mess like that. Some eggnog and sit around and gossip and talk. You no. Know, if ever you want to try to win souls and snatch them from the devil, it's on Halloween night. Some churches don't even pass out tracks. They just got people going from trunk to trunk and picking up poisonous candy. Let me move on. I know some of you are saying, yeah, that's right, you move on. Such a belief will make him uneasy. And the more resolved to oppose the truth and the cause of God... The main thing, I got some people, family members and other people, the main thing they hate about me is the 
preaching of the word is the strangest thing. But it reminds me of what this man, uh, I think it was Stephen in the Bible, preaching so good, preaching his first sermon, I believe. And they, they wanted to stone him, and they stoned him. Paul was standing by holding their clothes. They got so angry at the preaching of the word. And you know you are doing something when you got family members and friends who ought to be supportive of you, proud of you, loving you, sending you money, helping you to do this thing. But they, and the main thing that they hate about me is the preaching of the word. That's the main thing, man. My wife has seen it. She's heard it. And, 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 I mean, they get to that real, to that point real quick. See, and that, that's the main thing they hate. What I'm doing right now. Now, you know, that's demonic. Everything else is secondary. But I, I mean, I see the demonic scowl on their faces when they they want to express themselves as to why I'm preaching the gospel every day and the word of God every day. And it's really not the fact that I'm preaching. It's what I'm preaching that they can't stand. That's demonic. I'm here to tell you people that is satanic. That's That's real Christianity right there. And yet they watch so that they can, they watch me every day so they can criticize. I can't believe he said that. And he may be foolish enough to hope for success therein. And so, dear friends, read the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. Let it change your life. And it will. By being a doer of the Word and not just a hearer. Now, beloved, we move over to the family segment. I think, yeah, we did. Thank you so much, children, for uh, keeping me on track. We heard what God had to say to wives. We heard what God had to say to uh, husbands. Uh, uh, and now tonight, we're going to hear what God has to say in one verse to husbands and wives. This is the only verse where God is uh, rebuking or teaching or uh, working on the couple together. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 33. I feel like singing. It's in my heart. The Bible talks about having a melody in your heart. But I can't sing. I have a pastor friend. Older pastor friend. He heard me break out in a song one time while I was preaching. And with a straight face, he said, son, don't do that again. <laughs> Woo! Mm-mm-mm. That's terrible. He said, son, don't, uh-uh. You, you can preach. You can preach good, but do not sing, please, in front of other people. I know you want to, but you can't sing. 
That's what he told me. And I try to be obedient. I try my best. But I do have a song in my heart all the time. I do. I still feel like breaking out into it right now. Anyway, the Bible reads, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular, husband, so love his wife, even as himself. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. We see in this verse, and we're going to be in this verse for three nights, so I'm not going to stay long tonight. Very simply, the solution to all of your problems as far as a husband is and a wife is concerned. Husbands, love your wife like you love yourself. Do you have that kind of love in your heart? It's a godly love. It's not you. And I know some women hate to hear that. True love is not on Hallmark Channel, ladies. That all, all that gets ugly real soon after a while. But, but husbands, do you love your wife as you love yourself? Uh, let, me, let, me, let me help you to, to realize or to see whether or not you have that kind of love. Watch this. Every time you want something for yourself, uh, you buy something for yourself, do you want your wife to enjoy it? I said enjoy it with you. Whenever you stop by a store or something, do you automatically think of your wife? Do you? Okay. Now, I can tell you something that happened last night. Uh, I wanted something. My wife had a nasty attitude all day. Stubborn, rebellious, proud, not submissive, uh, disrespectful. I wanted to get it for her. Do you hear me? But something on the inside of me said, don't do that. Don't get that for her. You're rewarding evil. Now, I got her something else, but it was not as elaborate as this thing I wanted for her, in which I had even picked up. And I did something I know supermarket people hate for me to do. I'm just going ahead. I'm going to go ahead and admit it. It was at my favorite, one of my favorite stores, H-E-B. Just so happened to uh, stop by to pick up a few things. And uh, we had something to happen here that was uh, a miracle of God. And uh, God answered our prayers. And so I wanted to celebrate that. And I had picked it up for my wife. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. She's not going to appreciate it. See, that's another thing. Some of you wives, you, you, don't, you don't get a whole lot of blessings because you don't appreciate it. See, I can't stand to be with a Negro. I have done something far. And they don't even want to say thank you and act like they don't enjoy it. Don't don't say anything about it that is good or whatever. Uh -uh. I can't I can't 
I can't. <laughs> I can't stand that. So here's what I done. Here's what I did wrong in HEB. I know you're listening now. I went over to a certain section and picked up what I wanted to get originally, and then I changed my mind. And I'm not going to do that. She's been acting like a witch all day long. And so I saw something else that was cheaper. I got that instead. I got her something, but it was not what she likes. Uh, uh, she likes better, and she would have enjoyed, even though she probably would not have said anything like, "Oh, I thank you so much for this." As she's seen me do towards my children to this day. See. To this day, when they do something for me to help me, I, I, I intentionally, on purpose, and it's for real, say thank you, and, and I appreciate that, and that is so wonderful, and so forth, and so and I be meaning it. I don't have to do all of that. I do it because I love my children. You say, well, why are you not saying about your wife? Because she does very little. Uh... And has done very little, if anything, that I would genuinely say thank you for. She's just doing her duty. You need to do, you do your job. I'm not. I'm not going to get off into a, a, a glowing thank you for you doing basic stuff you ought to be doing. Now you say, now, preacher, you're wrong. See, I've been taught that you ought to do these wonderful things for her anyway, and she'll change and act differently. That's a lie out of hell, and I don't care. Who the pastor is who taught you that lie. It doesn't work that way. This is not about what you do is, uh, 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 is uh, her behavior is contingent upon what you do and what you buy her. That's why some of you men are divorced right now. You men and women are divorced right now, buying these women everything, doing everything. And by the way, let me tell you young men something. I want to change a tradition. I want to change a tradition right now. You're starting off wrong. All of this doggone kneeling, like you begging her to marry you, stop it. That's a revelation for you. You've never heard that before. Don't kneel, man. No kneeling. Stand up tall over her. Look her in the eye and ask her, do you want to marry me? Oh, no kneeling and pleading and kneeling and begging and looking. Uh-uh, you already starting off wrong. Now, God told me to tell you that. That's not in the Bible. Where you, where you, where we get this from? Like she's, she's the greatest prize in the package here. Now, you're the prize too. I didn't kneel when I asked my wife to marry me. I didn't kneel one bit. I would not kneel. I didn't think about doing that. Don't do that. I've seen it. I know it's traditional and all of that. And let me just help you with something else. She's 300 and something pounds. Don't carry over that, that threshold either. Because you're going to be in traction. you got a big mama on your hand. I don't care if you like it or not. Well, I want a man who can carry all of this. Well, honey, you're going to have to carry me. I know some of you women don't like it, but I'm telling all you young men, do not 
Neil to propose to your wife. This is all free. This is, I was not planning on telling you this. Go tell it. Run and tell it over the mountain and over the hills. Stand flat-footed, tall and strong. Look her in the eyes. And if you really, really want to make an impact with, your, with a woman, look her in the eyes. It's all up in the eyes, man. It's all up in the eyes, man. With a woman, it's all up in the eyes. You know a woman likes you if you catch her looking at you. See? Women know how to send those signals. And it's all up in here. All up in here. Okay? <laughs> and you're the prize too. That's why, that's why mothers love me because I told their son, you're the prize too. You don't even be going around here begging and crying and boohooing over no woman. Man, are you crazy? For every one woman, there's nine others out there, Jack. You're the prize. She's not the prize only. She's the prize too because she's a beautiful thing. Woo, I'm amazed at God. I am, I am floored by God, what he has done. It's out of this world. What God has done. I said it the other day. I'm getting ready to upset some, other people, some more people right now. Let me tell you right now. Uh, yeah, I, I, God, uh, Musk, Elon Musk couldn't do this as smart as he is. Probably the smartest man living today. But I want to tell you something what God did. And all you men know what I'm talking about. God made the vagina. I don't care if you people get mad and you say preach you ought not to say that. And yeah, but you looking at vaginas and penises and everything else on pornography on your phone. So sit down right now because I know you're just standing up because you don't you can't believe I said it. Sit down and clean that mess off of your phone. And your computer that nobody can touch. <clears throat> don't don't bother me with. It. I don't want to hear your mess about that. You men, you men, you want some vagina. You can't get any because you don't know how to deal with a woman. You begging and pleading and crying, uh, crying, and talking about how much you love her. And, and, uh, and buying her flowers, opening up the door, laying down on the floor for her to walk all over you, and you still don't get anything. You know why? Because she does not want a man like that. She wants a Christian Gray. Do you know him, sir? She knows him. She wants a Christian, all right. She wants a Christian Gray. So you go tell it over the mountains and over the hills. No more, no more bowing to a woman to propose to her. Don't do that anymore. Now, now there might have been a time, you know, chivalry and all of that. Uh, but not today. Not with these women. Don't do that. Mm -mm. And if, if they ask you, aren't you going to kneel? Just tell them that Daniel White III said, don't kneel anymore. And the wife, see that she reverence her husband. That means the wife ought to respect her husband. All you wives out there, you mad as the devil.
keeping up some mess over nothing. Respect your husband. Stop rolling your eyes from the east to the west and down to the south, all up and down your head and all around your head. Stop it. It's disrespectful. Stop talking over your husband. Everybody knows you can say a thousand and one words before he can get two words out. We all know that. Slow down, honey, and let the man talk. <laughs> he can say and do, he can say five words and, and get a whole lot done, and you, and, and, and you can say a thousand and get nothing done. So just be quiet. Don't talk over your husband. Don't be disrespectful. Reverence means to fear, to respect. And God wants you to do, do this like you would do it uh, uh, under him. Respect him. That's what he said. See, you don't like that. And if you don't like that, see, you, you love this feminist foolishness. Uh, this half lesbian foolishness, this manliness, this that you got going on. Pardon me. Looking like a man, trouncing like a man. Think you a man? God didn't make you that. And uh, you want to be the man over your husband, dominate your husband. Think your husband is stupid. And all of that. You need to back up. And you need to humble yourself. And recognize. That your husband is over you. And I know the sweet evangelicals. Said sweet little things like. Uh. God did not take her from your head to rule over you and God didn't take her from your feet so that you can trounce on her. God took her from your side and they said something that indicates that you have the same authority and you don't. You line up under him. You can walk side by side when you're going out for a walk but, but spiritually speaking uh, as far as subjection is concerned, subjection means you line up under. Submit means you line up under. He's the leader. He's the head, not you, baby. And you men need to do what Dr. Tim Clinton told you to do. Take it back. So I'm afraid she's going to leave me. So what? You don't have anything anyway. So what? Let it be. But let her know that when she leaves, she's leaving a man, not a little boy, little puppy dog boy. So well, I'm concerned she's going to take my mansion and all my cars and everything. And why you have all those cars and why you have a mansion and you got a rebellious wife? That's stupid, huh? All that. You know why you did all that? To make her happy. Is she happy? Is she happy to the point that she obeys you? She submits to you. She subjects herself to you. She acknowledges you. When her girlfriends come over, her family come over, she respects. She turns around and say, uh, uh, honey, may I go do this? May I go eat lunch with them? Huh? If you tell her no, she respectfully tells them no. And she does not make a scene 
talking about you're not my daddy and all this kind of mess like that. Honey child, I have way more authority over you than your dad ever had. <laughs> Don't you come to me with that, man. I'm your daddy now. And that's what my wife has called me for 34 years. Daddy. I, I would think that she has uh, lost her mind if she come calling me Daniel or Dan or something else like that. No, <laughs> That's my name, but you can't call me that. See, the king must understand. And the queen, the person in charge over the kingdom, over the castle, they tell you how you can address them and whether or not you can shake their hands. I'm the king of my castle. Uh, I'm going to tell you how you want to dress me. And I told my wife how she's going to dress me. And my children too. And if you can't address me like that, you don't need to be here. I'm free. Because uh, I, I, I believe in God's word. And I believe that one of the reasons why my wife has been with me for 34 years and has no interest in leaving is because she knows I believe what the word of God says. And she knows before we got married, I told her we we're going to do it Ephesians chapter 5 way and chapter 6 way or no way. And then I told her if you choose not to do it the way that we agreed upon, I told her that we can get married if you agree to that. Now, then I told her, now, once we get married and you want to back up off, back up off of Ephesians 5 and 6 and do it your mama and daddy's way, which ended in divorce and almost murder, and, uh, and, and try to do it my dad and mom way, which is the wife being in control of, over the family and over the husband and all that. We're not doing that. And I said, uh, 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 there's nothing. Uh, let me say, say it. Let me say it right now. Uh, nothing's off the table. Something like that. And I meant it. I meant it. And God's way worked. There's no human reason why my wife and I should be married. And, ha and, 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 and sexually speaking, having the time of our lives. There's no human reason why. Why that God blessed us to get into the uh, so-called empty nest phase. You had the empty nest before the children came. We, we, we remember that. We've talked about that recently. And while the children were here, God blessed me to raise the children. And now the children are gone. That is a blessing from God for that to happen in your life when you know you don't deserve it. All right, my dear friends. Let's pray for others. As we also, as I also pray for you and your family. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help every family under the sound of my voice and that will be under the sound of my voice. To do it your way according to Ephesians chapter 5 and chapter 6 or no way. So that they can be truly blessed uh, as you have blessed us by your grace. Uh, for us to even be here tonight together is a miracle of yours and a miracle that comes from your holy word. 
help your people obey your holy word and uh, in their marriages and in their families. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord, we pray for the millions of people who are hurting and who are grieving and mourning as we did pray for them earlier. Draw them to yourself for salvation, but we also pray for a few like that by name. We pray, Lord, for the family and friends of New Jersey resident Robert Cruder. We pray for the family and friends of Texas resident T.O. Philo Benitez. We pray for the family and friends of Florida resident Mark Levine. And we pray, Lord, uh, for the prayer requests that have come in. And we pray, uh, Lord, for all of the people who have sent in prayer requests uh, down through the years, thousands of folks. We pray for st all of them still. We pray, Lord, for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material protection and provision, mental and physical blessings upon them all. And uh, Holy Father God, uh, we pray and we thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering thousands of prayers for people. For you're the God who hears and answers prayer. And uh, Lord, we pray that you'll help us to continue to pray one for another. We also pray tonight for Marie Grace and her family. Please bless her with the right place to stay where she can live her own life away from people who practice witchcraft and voodoo, make drugs, and uh, from criminal activity. Please give her peace and justice in her life and surroundings. We pray, Lord, for Jensen. Please be with him and bless him and lead him and guide him and save him. We pray for Pastor Bushibi. Thank you, Lord, for the souls that have gotten saved at Jane's funeral. Thank you for the new members at Rimwar Church. Please heal Sister Dora's knee. Please provide for their every need and provide them with the money they need to pay off all debts. Please deliver all of Africa from drought and famine. And Holy Father God, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through the preaching of the gospel. Through this ministry, down through the years, help them all. We thank you for the thousands who have made a profession of faith down through the years. And we thank you, Lord, for the thousands who have come back to you down through the years. And we pray that you'll help all of them to grow in the faith and to stand strong in the faith. We pray for a few by name. We pray for Perica, Enoxon, Sabusio, Serena, and Sylvia. And for the people who have recommitted their lives to you, we pray for Jakub Bu, Samantha, Mungasel, Sai, and Richard. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and in ours. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and forsake. Amen. Dear friends, God bless you. Until next time, make sure that you pray without ceasing. Uh, simplify, always faithful, and Semper Supra is Air Force for always above. God bless you as the music plays. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow.
Thou changes not. Uh huh. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh, I wish I could sing it. Great is thy faithfulness. The old hymns of the faith. It doesn't make any difference to me whether the white folks sang it or the black folks sang it. Not to me. I'm all about the words. I don't want to dance. I want my soul to be blessed. The peace that endureth. And a guide. Strength for today. Bright hope for tomorrow. God bless you, my dear friends. Pray for me. If God has blessed you with finances, uh, hit us up. Be a blessing to our ministry at GLS at Gospel Light Society, PayPal, contact at BCNN1, PayPal. Gospelite Society at Cash App. There are many ways that you can help us continue to preach the gospel and the word of God every day. God bless you, my dear friends. We love you. Please pray for us as well.